Cincinnati. Episode 4 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that delves into everything Cincinnati Bengals related. It's our first podcast of 2018, so a very happy new year from everyone here at Bengals UK. And we really couldn't have picked a better week to kick things off because I think it's fair to say that quite a bit has been happening at Paul Brown Stadium in the past few days. And yes, we will be staying the course. Uh, I'm Paul Hirons, and joining me in the sewing room is the Morecambe to my wise, the Vontes to my perfect, the cheese to my macaroni, Nathan Palmer. Welcome and a happy new year to you, Nathan. How long did it take you to think those ones up, Paul? Eh? It sounds just, like you must have uh, taken a bit of time there. just comes off the top of my head, mate. It's natural. It's natural. Happy new year, everyone. How are you doing? I hope you had a lovely Christmas and a very drunken new year. And also joining us in the sewing room in this episode and making his Cincinnati Debut is ESPN Football Today's Bengals superfan, Simon Hunter. Welcome, Simon. Thank you very much. Welcome to, yeah, thanks for having me in the sewing room and happy new year to all. I mean, it one. literally is a sewing it's, room. It's the, most, it's the most impressive sewing room you've ever seen in it's, your it's life. It's definitely a bit creepy as well. Good. That all adds to the atmosphere, right? Just to put it into context, I live in a shared house uh, owned by a fantastic woman called Ingrid and she has a sewing room and we're surrounded by sewing machines, by needles and pins and bits of material and all sorts. And a highly and, alcoholic beer. And beer. There are some beer. Nathan, <laughs> what you got tonight? What are you on? So I've got tonight a Stone IPA, a uh, Big Wave, and a Layback IPA. Very nice. I've got, what have I got? I've got... got uh, some white lining in there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Indie Lager by Fuel... Fuel I don't know. 9.5% volume. That's right. I'm going to bring it on my back in about two minutes. Simon, what are you drinking tonight? This, this is a stitch up, <laughs> absolute stitch up. Uh, I'm doing dry jan. Don't know if you guys have that in the states, but it's kind of a month where you don't drink. I'm on the chamomile tea. Uh, Sorry, say again, please. Chamomile tea. Wow. <laughs> well, if I'm going to be on my back in about, you're going to be on yours. Well, that sounds a bit weird actually. But um, am I? You're going to? Yeah. Uh, no, chamomile puts you to sleep, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does a little okay. bit. But we got a good. Good hour or so, and we to chat about all things. That's right, and we have got quite a few things to chat about because I'm. Today? Was it today? No, no, yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, I, I, all time is kind of merging into another. Um, yes, Marvin Lewis has been extended by... <laughs> I hate that. It's a, such a weird yeah. phrase. Wow. It looks as though he's... It sounds wow. as though he's been on some sort of rack and he's being extended. But <laughs> yes, he's been extended uh, by two years. Um I don't know where to start. It's amazing, really, because the last time we did this podcast was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, before Christmas, right? And I remember I was listening to it actually last night, um, just re-listening. Just you listen to yourself. Just, yeah, get no, your I, was just, get I was just getting in the mode for tonight. And one of the things you said, you said there is no way we win another game this season. And we were both talking the end. No, there's no way we win another game this season. The yeah. team's given up. Mm. We weren't what we are. Like, we can't watch the games. There's no entertainment value. And Marvin's gone. And we were talking about the end of his legacy. And, I mean, it couldn't be any different. Two weeks on, it could not be any different. And I landed off the plane last night, refreshed my Twitter Where feed. Where were you, by the way? Berlin for New Year. Very good. Very nice. Um, but refreshed my Twitter feed, Marvin Lewis, back for two years. I think the plane thought I'd won the lottery. I was shrieking. More, it was, I mean, with the Marvin thing, I'll, I'll get onto my opinion in a minute. But to me, it's just... I don't know the Bengals without Marvin. And I think there's a certain element of just pure excitement that, and that he's back, and that's all you know, and... 
you know, I'll get onto my opinion in a minute, but it, it's exciting. I think it's funny. I think it kind of, <laughs> it's funny though, isn't it? It's, I just, tried. Seeing some of the reactions just makes me laugh. And, you know, the Bengals are a bit of a, you know, they get, they do all sorts to you. And I just think that's typical Bengals. It's, you're in for the roller coaster Nathan, ride. Nathan, do they get you hard? And then, well, they did uh, certainly have done that. They <laughs> certainly have done that. But, what, what about you, Simon? What were you, what was your initial reaction to this news? Uh, I think you're probably the same as me, but I think what you're reading on the Monday after the press conference on Monday and then the kind of Twitter kind of stories and rumblings. And then I read an article by Doc that said basically there are those sources, it's Mike's opinion. And, and I think we shouldn't be shocked by that. And I think from my perspective, it, I became less shocked as, as kind of the days passed by. And especially after one of those last two games as well, it kind of felt like, oh, crikey, this could actually happen. And I think Mike's comfort level with Marvin is just so much higher than our desire for freshness and, and his desire for freshness. And I think, yeah, that's what kind of won the day in the end. Yeah, that press conference on Monday is pretty extraordinary. We have a special guest coming up in a little while who will talk about that. Is it Betsy? No, it's not Betsy. Um, <laughs> um, it's it's actually... No, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll surprise you. Yeah. It's not Mike Brown. It's not Marvin, unfortunately. So we can't ask him directly. Um, but yeah, that Monday press conference, the day after the Baltimore mm. game... And to be fair, they were, I mean, they weren't brilliant against Detroit, but they hung in there. Yeah. And they made plays when they had to. It was a gritty win. It really was against yeah. not a, an awful Detroit. I mean, they had lots to play for. Yeah. I can't believe how bad they were, actually, to be fair. But yeah. uh, And that cost Coldwell his job. Yeah. Um, but against Baltimore, they really just, I mean, I was, I left or finished watching that Baltimore game feeling quite proud to be a Bengals fan again. Yeah. Because, it's an incredible end. I mean, they were, they gritted it out like anything. I mean, the injury, Vinnie Ray, Vinnie Ray was getting socked in the mouth all yeah, over the yeah. shop. He was limping off the field. Yeah. And yes, you know, they gave up points and there was big holes over the middle and all that kind of stuff that you, you shout at the Bengals for. Yeah. But you, they were injured to hell and they dug in there and Dalton... On that fourth and twelve, it was just unbelievable. And how I mean, you spoke about Tyler Boyd last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How amazing was it to see him make a real contribution? Because he's got he's got talent, right? So, so those last two games were just as you said, completely unexpected. They really fought for themselves, for the team, for the coach. Mm. And then you had Marvin coming out, kind of starting to hint that. The you sex know. is back on. Yeah, yeah. He was get. He it was sexy Marvin, wasn't it? It was sexy Marvin again. I think, wasn't it? Well, I, I mean, I said last well, week, didn't the, I? I said, I said it was like going through the divorce. The sex was off. It was a bit quiet, and all of a sudden, it's happening in the car. It's happening at work. It's happening in the lift. I mean, it. He is. He is on. <laughs> He's filthy, isn't he? He's filthy, Marvin. Yeah. He's, I mean, but he. You could tell at that press conference at the end of the year, it didn't take too much to read between the lines that he wanted something back. And yeah. I don't know what changed. I, he said today in his press conference, he was alluding to the last two games, gave him a bit more, you know, he saw some of the players coming on and maybe it gave him that feel of, you know, maybe we could do this. Very similar to what happened the other time when they all... 2010, right, that, that kind of reset. There where... was, yeah, there was a little bit of excitement and maybe he thought, you know what, maybe we could get it going again next year. But to me, it, it's ironic that we're talking in the sense that it, it's all in his court. That he just has yeah. that pass to come back because, you know, the last two seasons have been disappointing, very disappointing, yeah. you could argue. Um, 
and I don't think in any other situation around the league, maybe, maybe one, but he would not he would not still be there. No, absolutely. I mean, you look at a Jim Caldwell, he goes nine and seven, you know, the Lions, before he was the coach with Jim Schwartz, were quite a bad team. Mm. And he's brought them on leaps and bounds. They've made the playoffs a couple of times. They fall short, he's gone. Yeah. You know, he's let walk. Marvin has two years where, you know, we've not even broke 500 and he's still, you know, got his... You know, he's Good getting, choice. He's still getting paid. Yeah, yeah that's but true, isn't crazy, it? I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. Could I mean, he seemed to be almost dictating terms to to Mike Brown, saying yeah. we've got some stuff to work out, and I'll o- I'll only come back if certain things get sorted out. I mean, that's that's an incredible state of affairs, Simon, isn't it? You're actually pouring uh, Nathan's beer. <laughs> the same room's really got freaky. Yeah, uh, it's, it's always talk of uh, Marvin Sachs. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was strange. I think we made a point. I only think Dallas, could you probably compare situations where an owner's got so much control over the head coach and his future. But it seems and, to be the other way around this time. And it seems like the other way around, but yeah. almost to the point which where Mike's gone. Mike's question apparently was, um, have you got the fight for this now? It's like, mm. that shouldn't be the question. It's like... You've got to look at the bulge in his pants and you know yeah, that. <laughs> but just Mike doesn't operate like anybody Paul, normal. If right? you saw Paul's face, he's going to edit that one out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm determined to drag your reputation down. <laughs> sorry, sorry, carry on. I'm not sure what I was saying, to be honest. But um, no, I think the point was being basically that it, Mike didn't ask the questions that maybe you should ask at the end of that season. And it's, have you got the hunger for this? It's like... yeah. Maybe this is just the end, and that's that was kind of starting. well. This is this is the thing. Um, watching the Bengals or this kind of whole crazy few last few days is a bit like watching a really really long film, like say Lord of the Rings: <laughs> Return of the King, where um, there were so many chances to end it. Like kind of, there's a bit in uh, in this Lord of the Rings film where you think, right, that's the end, right? Oh no, they're carrying on. Oh, now it's the end. No, 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 they're carrying on, and it just seems to keep on going and going and going. And I thought everything was just beautifully set up for uh, an amicable parting mm. of the ways, you know. I mean, and also a, almost a complete uh, off the field spring clean, you know. There, there was no a contract extension for Marvin. All his assistants were out of contract. It just felt, and also obviously things on the field hadn't been. Yeah. Uh, great for two years after that really good run. Yeah, yeah. So it just felt like this is the perfect time yeah. to say thanks very much. You've done a really good job. Uh, Fifteen years of hard work. You're a top bloke. Time for a change. Nothing personal. Thanks very much. We'll go out and and, and get someone else. A new fresh face. Yeah. New ideas. I mean, a proper unconscious. Uh, sorry, a conscious uncoupling. Yeah. Not an unconscious <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, and they didn't do it. And they didn't do yeah. it. And a lot of people out there are thinking they didn't pull the trigger. They they yeah. they just kind of didn't take that chance. I, th- I think when we say they, and, and you hear all the time, like, oh, management or the organisation, it's it's Mike, right? Mm. And I think with Mike, is, he's 82, 83 years old. Now, he's he's kind of facing this this challenge to say, to, to, to reset the 15 years, a different way of approaching. Maybe he just felt comfortable enough that Mike uh, Marvin was the guy for him in his last few years that he that he may live, and it sounds awful to say that, but yeah, you know, eighty two is, is a very 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 prolonged um, life that he's, he's living. So maybe in his mind they're not too far away because of those pieces in place, those young players, uh, a coach who's been able to get them to the playoffs, a few little tweaks here and there, then maybe we can make a run. But I think we all know better because we've seen this story a few times now. I'm going and seeing other teams as well around us to say there is a different way to do things, and I think. 
the whole thing like a Sean McVay type personality that's it's, it's kind of overtaking this league. We wanted that as fans. We wanted that energy and um, excitement and that youth. And now we're with Marvin, who, you know, is a different guy to 2003. And I think we kind of feel like it was just ready for, to kind of, yeah, a fresh start. And that, that to me has been probably what's driven the fans' anger in the last couple of days. So are you disappointed then? Is that, are you disappointed? Yeah, it's, it's hard to be, as a fan, it's hard to be disappointed. But, but like today's point, like excited because it's like, well, what's going to change? You're excited because it's a new it's a new season. But as a fan, you kind of, it should be eternal. It should be kind of, there's no end to kind of your, your fandom for a team. And I, and I feel a bit like, I was I was ready for that change, if I'm honest. Like I was ready for kind of a new way. I've only had Marvin as well, but this is a situation, so you got to kind of deal with it. Not just you, Nathan. Yeah, <laughs> he plays around a bit. I think it's number one's mice yeah, as well. I'm Breaking t- news. Turn this off. Turn my mic off. <laughs> but do you know, what I mean, I think, we, I think we're all ready for a change, and, and I think yeah. now the, the people like Nathan and I are probably a bit more like, oh well, it is what it is. Let's kind of do it. And there's a lot of fans which is like, oh, I really wanted that change. And that's some fine. of the uh, reactions to. This have been quite extraordinary, haven't they, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, I think for me with Marvin, it's like there's almost a point where I, you know, because he's all I've known as a coach, I genuinely think he's a top bloke. I want him to go out on a better high than this. I, I want him to do well. Like, I want next year us to go 12-4, and four, make the win the division, you know, get that by, maybe make it to the, you know, AFC title, the Super Bowl, win it. You know, that's what I want him to do that. I want that success for him. But what I think we should do now is go round and sort of, you know, between all of us, and we'll start off and say why we think it's a good thing Marvin's back, and we can throw some points around, and then go around and say some reasons why you don't want him back. I just want to say one thing. You said it's... Uh, well, OK, I'll start with the good thing that Marvin is back is continuity, and they've always been big on Is continuity. that a good thing, though? I think it is, to an extent. And we've had good continuity mm. throughout the throughout the years. But um, there's that definition of insanity, isn't there? It, it's... I sat here looking and Paul, while I'm talking, is Googling the definition of insanity. I don't know if that's what he thinks and of my And doing, opinions. don't reveal my in-house secrets now. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's that's been quoted a lot with, yeah, in yeah, reference yeah. To, to Marvin. So again, I think the Bengals are such a tricky organisation yeah. to quantify and to, to, to critique because they give you some stuff they're good yeah and then they're really bad yeah and then they're really bad and but there's still some good in there so it's there's no sort of black or white here there's still a little bit of a gray area for me yeah and i but the thing is the thing i think the thing that tipped it over for me i was always a marvin supporter i never thought he was an amazing coach but i thought he gave us relative success and you and as you said Nate, you know as because he's a good guy you want him to succeed so you're willing to give him another chance But then the past two years, those same mistakes keep on recurring and recurring. The mental frailties, the mental weaknesses, the kind of in-game adjustments or lack of, the time management, the situational football. You know, two minutes uh, before half-time and two minutes at the end of the game, we're awful. But, you know, saying that, we were great against Baltimore, obviously. But generally speaking... That was Dalton's first ever time he's done that. I scored a touchdown... In the last minute, so right, it's it, it's it, I think it's an anomaly that's kind of led us to this to this point. It's and crazy. of course, that gives you that that chink of hope, that little kind yeah. of chink of light that kind of says, oh, "We can do this. We can do yeah. this. We're okay. We're going to be all right." The thing with Marvin, like, to go back to your original question to me about you know some of those fan reactions and how you know you've seen people burning jerseys and you've seen geezers going off their nuts. Honestly, it's fucking.
fucking ridiculous and they should be Ooh, ashamed Paul. of themselves. It made me feel really <laughs> angry. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you don't want to see that. It's a game. You know, people need to get over that, I think. But to me, with Marvin, what I'm, what I'm surprised about is I think where people lost their patience, ironically, was uh, not ironically, but with all the playoff losses. But I always thought with those playoff losses, and I said this in the last podcast, it wouldn't have taken more than one or two in-game plays. And his old legacy is different. Like I said, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown drops that ball on fourth down and six. Yep. We win the biggest game in any of our... Well, maybe not you, Paul, as you're a bit more senior. But... Yeah, I remember 1932. Certainly in my 16 years, that would have been the biggest game to have won. That mm-hmm. Steelers yeah. playoff game at home at the end like that, after the amount of like controversy and the bloodbath that it was... Marvin Lewis's whole legacy is different. We mm. move on another game, probably with a ton of confidence from winning that, and you don't know where we could have gone. But how long can you keep saying... True. I agree. We were so close. We were so close. And this year, I see a lot of people saying, yeah, but we were close against Green Bay. Yeah, but... We could have hold on, held on against Pittsburgh. The fact is, we didn't. No, I agree with you, We but... completely capitulated in those games this year. We were absolutely awful against Houston. Yeah. We were absolutely awful yeah, against the Jags. Yeah, I agree I'm not denying that. Absolutely awful against the Titans. And yet, we still had a chance to win that game. We were fantastic for a half against Green Bay, but zero in the yeah. second yeah. half. Fantastic in the first half against Pittsburgh. Awful in the second half. Good against Buffalo. Deserved win. Good against Detroit. Deserved win. We we were in a kind of toe-to-toe slugfest with the Ravens. Although that looked as though, you know, it was going to be a good first half and then a poor second half again. But they just about pulled it out of the bag. But So my point is, how long can you keep saying that? I, I agree with you. But I think if, if we're in a situation now where, you know, for 15 years, for eight of those years or 10 of those years, we were a five-win club and we were consistently shit. And you had one year where we made the playoffs and people were trying to use that as an excuse. But, I mean, I, I quoted this stat a week ago or two weeks in our last podcast and I knew it was going to fall, but it didn't. We've only lost nine games in Marvin Lewis's tenure twice. In 15 years, you've only, and other than that, you're always within a game of 500. So mm. we've, you know, what I mean, there's only two seasons in 15 have we been utter shit. And I think for a small market team with a very, very difficult, parsimonious owner that you know is reluctant to go outside the organisation for talent. You smiled when you said parsimonious. <laughs> I've been meaning to get that in for yeah. weeks. He also double checked with you that it was the right yeah, way he yeah, said yeah. it. Like, you sure? Yeah, yeah I got yeah, it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, but, you know, with a small market team like that, where you haven't got, you know, as much money coming in, you haven't, you know, you're not, Mike Brown is going to be more frugal with his spend. You're not, we're not going out there being aggressive in free agency. We're not taking risks in the draft, moving up and down. Are you still getting that club in 15 years, apart from two years, somewhat competitive? And I think the rel- the thing you've got to be careful with is if you get rid of Mar- Marvin Lewis, there's not just a Sean McVay out there that's going to come in, that's going to turn you around like the LA Rams have done, where you're going to go to the playoffs, you're going to get a bye. You go out there and you might get Paul Gunther and you might just have a worse situation than you started with. Or you could go out there and get a Mike Vrabel from the Texans and everyone's, you know, madly excited and you sell a lot of season tickets and you win four games. You get rid of Dalton, you draft Baker Mayfield and he's shit. And then you set yourself back five years. And I'm not, and sometimes it's better to take a risk, I agree, than to just constantly fail. But I think. F- Failing is a very aggressive and harsh word to use in how bad we've been. This I season don't think, was bad. I don't think he's failed not... in Cincinnati. That's no, the thing. But... And I think it's all to do with your definition of success. And a lot yes. of people 
will will hold that benchmark of success as a Super Bowl win. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not yeah. realistic because only you know you get you know what it's like to win mm. a, a World Cup or any tournament. Yeah. You know you have to have a little bit of luck. You've yeah. got to stay clear of injuries. Yeah. You've got to have some momentum going into at the right time. It, yeah. it takes a lot of different things to come together. It's not just pure talent, you know. Um, so I think Marvin has been successful in Cincinnati, but yeah. up to a point, you know. And I think his success has kind of raised the bar for everyone. So everyone's going to go. Well, yeah, so it's yeah. amazing to have won got to those playoffs seven times. It's great. And to lose it is obviously what he's kind of he's known as, I think. And I think from my perspective, it's... You know, it's it's fair to want to kind of get to that level as a fan, and and you can sort of, especially fans, you, you can understand the game a little bit and go a little bit here, a little bit there. Maybe yeah. we can be a better team. And I think it stems from I think Marvin and Andy are probably hand in hand as well, and people kind of look at him and go, he's a good quarterback, he's not a great one, and yeah. and that's what you, I think you need to win this the, the Super Bowl. The Vikings might prove us wrong this year, and Case Keenum might take them there, but that's a a one in. You know, seven well, Joe Flacco's yeah exactly and, and that was what that was 2012 but the interesting thing about so, Flacco he was terrible during the regular season yeah. but then when the postseason came something clicked yeah and he was phenomenal um, so yeah again it takes a lot of different elements and factors to bring everything yeah. together in the postseason yeah. but fans want to be the Patriots and Brady and that's yeah I and think it's, it's unrealistic yeah. in any ways because yeah. there, there are five guys in the league like that yeah. and at the moment we've, we face one twice a year and, and it's really that's the benchmark in Marv said that today. It's like Pittsburgh are the best team in the division. We have to be better than them. And that's kind of what I think he sold Mike on, that he can deliver that because he's done it in the past. And I, I think we'll see a different approach this off-season as well. I think that there definitely will have been some discussions from Marvin Lewis's end of like, I want to spend more money in free agency. And the fact that, you know, <clears throat> Mike Brown might not be a genius, but he knows they're not going to sell many season tickets this year. He knows that. And they will make some splash moves or what they consider for splash moves to do something, be it a new, like exciting coordinator, like a Chuck Pagano or, you know, at least make a trade or, you know, pick up one or two. Chuck Del Rio, maybe? Yeah, possibly. Or at least pick up, you know, two starters in free agency. Maybe not, you know, your biggest $100 million players. But you talk as though though that is like a splash uh, move, but that should be the norm. True, Mm. true, I agree. And I think that's one of the big criticisms of the organisations. You know, they're, they're... In fact, do you know what? This whole kind of past few days and their approach to sorting out the Marvin situation reminds me of their approach to free agency. Yeah, yeah. Totally indecisive. Mm. Yeah. Totally not making yeah. a decision like that. Now, I know that it's a big decision that you've got to talk about these things and get it right for both parties. But do you know what? It's, they've had all year to do this. Yeah. You know, um, and that's how they have Marvin Lewis, though, does it? And this is where I think it's difficult. Mike Brown is the guy who signs off. He's the yeah. final decision maker in this, and he's the one who says, "This is who we're drafting." Ultimately, uh, Duke Tobin will give recommendations. So will Lewis. Mike Brown's the one who pulls the trigger. Mike Brown's the one who signs the checks in free agency, yeah. and Mike Brown's the one who brings Marvin Lewis back. But you, it's very difficult to know how much control behind the scenes there is well, and how fans, much Marvin we, is involved. He might know. be doing the absolute best he can with a really uh, terrible situation. And yeah. I and I, I, mean, I always I go back to John Ross' situation, right? As fans, you know, I, I, I disagree with the way Marvin handled him in that game when he fumbled. Should have been straight back in and got given the ball away again straight away to yeah, kind of get over that. So I, I don't agree with the way he was treated. 
But then fans are kind of screaming about, uh, you know, why is he in there? Why he should be in there? He was feigning injury. We don't know these things. We don't yeah, know yeah. what goes behind the scenes. Yeah. We can only speculate, obviously. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, they're just so <coughs> similar, aren't they? They're both stubborn, yes. stuck in their ways, kind of unable to change. Now, we talked about the Patriots a few minutes ago, and <clears throat> the thing that our fans will see is that, you know, Belichick will go at all odds to make his team better, whether that's free agency with a Rex Burkhead, who people go, oh, that's not flashy, but he knows it's the right guy, or it's a trade of Brandon Cooks. It's like they'll do whatever they can to kind of yes. make their team better, and we will we will we wait. Won't. We'll wait to make yeah, that. Yeah. And, we're, and we're very reactive. And that's interesting because yeah. uh, there was a, we're recording this on a Wednesday night, and Marvin's just had his big kind of coming out parade uh, press conference and some of the things he I mean to be fair he talked a good game but we've kind of heard all this back in 2010 mm. but you know the the media was kind of quite on him there was a, a guy from from I don't know who he was but he was asking questions from fans so like you know Helen from Newport <laughs> Kentucky wants to know why are you such a twat you know that kind of thing he they didn't say that but it's, it was kind of quite interesting they were really kind of yeah. and when Marvin was trying to deflect and do his kind of like oh you know we'll see they were coming back at him and kind of saying well what are you going to do to change yeah. what are you going to do to change it was I, interesting yeah I thought it was quite he was like low on detail as well which I thought what we're talking about for two days, because I don't think Marvin's got his plan yet, other than he wants a few changes that everyone could have seen, which is the Paul Alexander, or it's a maybe a scheme change. I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like there was no well, let, plan let's just to review. It. He he's, yeah. he kind of said um, he did say that they're going to go out and get players in free agency, going to get players that will kind of improve the team. Hopefully, they'll be more aggressive. And we've never asked, I don't think, you know, talking to you guys in the pub before, we've never asked for them to be a Denver or a Miami or who, you know, whoever who mm. splashes like, you know, just kind of completely, you know, uses up all their cap space on on kind of Flash. you know, boom or bust yeah. kind of characters. Um what we want is is player a players, good solid starter players that will fill gaps, you know. Yeah. You know, yes, people like Christian Westerman, Alex Redman, even Kent Perkins in the last couple of games did a really good job. And Clint Bowling, bless him, went out to left tackle and did a really good job. But, you know, it's pretty obvious we need to be retooled on the offensive line. So are they going to go out and get someone in free agency that and pay the money? That's the other thing. Pay the money that they're they're due. Are they going to be that aggressive in free agency? Are they? Is he going to kind of change his kind of <clears throat> approach to games his conservative yeah. ways and games is he going to change his in-game adjustments and all that they're going to little tiny things in games that make such big differences yeah. um who knows who knows well i guess a lot of people out there will be kind of shaking their heads going yes of course we we know because you know the he's been here is, 15 is, years you look at next year and you- you know, Tyler Eifert comes back healthy and we re-sign him. You have a good draft. You do fill some pieces in. We're not miles. There's some pro bowlers on that team, talent-wise. You've got talent on both sides of the ball. You've got someone like AJ Green, who's elite at his position. You've got Tyler Eifert, who's a pro bowler, if they retain him. You know, you've got John Ross, who's a first-round pick in the waiting. And, I, you know, you would absolutely hope they retool that offensive line. And on defence, I think we, we've got really, like, talent-wise. Yeah. I mean, there's some serious players. You've got Dunlap, you've got Geno Atkins, Burfecht, all pro bowlers. William Jackson looked incredible this year. 
You've Denard got Kyle Lawson. Great. Denard looks better. Kyle Lawson, if he takes a step in his next year, you know, and you've got rookies like Jordan Evans and people like that that, you know, maybe they come on next year. But there's talent. It's not like we're scrounging, you but know, Marvin's people like... Marvin's going to pay them, right? Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. I think we could do it next year. I think we could have a good year. There's definitely pieces there. My big concern, right, with, with just what's happened since was um, two things, really. One, the way Marvin was in the press conference today, and to your point... Has he changed? And I think his his approach to the media is something that can can needs to change because I think he is yeah, like the, agree with he that. is the club image, you know, on the front line and the way that he treats people. I think reflects poorly on the, the organisation and kind of creates a storm that the people don't like him and, and the media kind of. Uh, I, I don't think necessarily giving a hard enough time. I don't think Marvin kind of enjoys you know that experience enough. And I think he should he should do that. The other one was. Um, and you guys have seen this is when the, the, the news got announced and, and Pac-Man and Von says were the first two people to kind of yeah. tweet or Instagram saying, great stuff, let's get out of it. And it's like, you guys are the, the, the kind of the, the, the kind of, like that's what I'm looking for is the personification of the Marvin Lewis kind yes. of era. And it's like, he has facilitated those, those players. He's let them be that way and be uh, ill-disciplined. So it's a point where as a fan, if it's changing, those guys are here next season and I'm, I'm sure Vance will be here next year but Pac-Man shouldn't be here if, if things are going to change and I think from my perspective I believe it when I see it um, with Marvin because at the moment as these last two days I'm a, a little bit like yeah this is this to me is is is, is the same same old story well we can talk about this all day but let's let's bring in our special guests for the evening shall we let's do it and this week, we're very excited to say that one of Cincinnati Media's most respected figures is now on the line from the Queen City. He is a radio broadcaster for ESPN 1530, 700WLW, ESPN Radio, Fox Sports Ohio, and is a frequent contributor to the brilliant Flying Pigskin podcast. He is Mo Egger. Mo, are you there? I am here. I'm not respected by anybody, but I am definitely here. <laughs> Good. That well, there's. Who knows? Your appearance on this podcast may lead you to newfound respect throughout, throughout the world. We'll see. This could be my big break. This could be. You, you remember us, Mo. Remember us. Don't forget us, man. Um, Definitely. So, so happy New Year to you and your family. I trust you had a good Christmas period. It was delightful. It was relaxing. It was kind of a calm before the storm. Right. If uh, you consider the, 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 the events of the new year for Cincinnati sports fans, but it was great. Hope yours was equally uh, enjoyable. I think I think you're exactly right. We had a well, I had a lovely Christmas, uh, and but there was always that nagging thing in the background of what's going to happen straight after Christmas. Something's going to happen, right? So let me ask you, what were your initial thoughts when you heard the news that Marvin had been given a two-year extension? I felt like I had been punched in the stomach, and, and you know, I, I think you have to understand the way I do my job. I'm not a journalist by any stretch. I'm a fan who's lucky enough to have a microphone, and, and fortunately, you know, at least a handful of people who, who listen to what I have to say, and so I, I talk about the teams I talk about emotionally. I want them to win. I'm a lifelong Bengals fan, and... While uh, the events of, of Sunday and Monday made you think that it was a distinct possibility that Marvin Lewis was going to come back to coach the Bengals, I guess there was a part of me that was still naively surprised uh, that they brought him back. And, and I, I have a, a world of respect for Marvin Lewis. Um, I think he's a good, decent man. I think he's been a positive in many respects for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
I just simply don't believe that this team is in its, is, is in the best hands with him being the head coach for a 16th season. And maybe I'll be proven wrong, and if so, uh, I'll be very happy, and I'll also admit that. But uh, it was it was jarring for me, and it was one of those things where it was like, wow, this this it went down. We found out the news while we were on the air, and so you're you're trying to process it. You're trying to deal with how you feel about it emotionally. You're trying not to say, I guess, deep down inside what you really feel. Uh, and then you, you, you sort of just open it up to your audience and, and get their take. And uh, this is as angry and as disaffected as I've ever heard fans. But it was, for me, the, the initial reaction was just, wow, I, I, should, I shouldn't feel this way, but I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they brought Marvin Lewis back for a 16th and I guess a 17th season. Yes, um, I think your views would be echoed by many around the world. Um, I just wanted to ask you, um, you mentioned the the response from fans while you were on air. I mean, that was like beautiful, serendipitous timing, right? To kind of be on air when this news broke. Um, what kind of feedback have you got? Was it pretty much negative? Was it pretty much what you were talking about earlier, this kind of like punch in the stomach almost? Yeah, I, I, I think there was a combination of anger and exasperation. I think the, the people who were angry allowed themselves to buy in to, to the fact that, okay, the Bengals are going to come to the realization that it's, it's time for someone else. It's time for a, the cliche is the new voice. It's, it's time to go in a new direction. I, I think they pinned their hopes on, God, the last couple of years have been miserable, and it's been really tough to be a Bengals fan for a very long time, but at least we'll have something new and different that we can pin our hopes on. I think those people are angry. I think the people who are exasperated stop being angry a long time ago, and you just kind of throw your hands up and go, you know what, if you can expect the Bengals to do what seems to be the, the wrong thing, um, they'll do it. And, and I think I think the relationship between fans and this football team is as unique as any in sports. I, I really do, uh, because they're simply not run uh, like most sports franchises. They, they don't allow the, the, the things that dictate decision-making by other sports franchises to dictate their decision-making. They have, they have often kept the public at an arm's length. They have often been very dismissive of the public. And they simply haven't won that much. And so I, I think what you have is a fan base that's dying to wrap its arms around this team, that's dying for them to be good, that's dying for them to give us a reason to feel good, and yet they keep disappointing us every single time. And then, as a fan, you deal with that. And you, you either deal with that by becoming apathetic, or you deal with that by channeling your anger somewhere. Um, but it's it's certainly not been met with, with um, you know, very positive feelings. It certainly hasn't been met with a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. And I think for a lot of Bengals fans, it just kind of feels like more of the same. And we obviously know what, what, what that means in terms of respect to, of expecting certain types of results. Okay, so I agree. It's, it, I went to the Chicago game recently, which, you know, I couldn't have picked a worse game to travel 4,500 miles to go and see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a mood in the stadium that wasn't... It was difficult to put your finger on. It wasn't anger. It was just like... It was this huge collective shrug of the shoulders. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of... You were talking about this apathetic feeling. Uh, but it seems this extension has maybe tipped 
that apathy into genuine anger. Would that be right to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes the notion of apathy in this town when it comes to the Bengals has been a little overblown. You know, the TV ratings for the games are still really high. There are still people paying attention. But I think people's, their level of emotional investment has waned since the playoff loss two years ago. And, 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 and honestly, how could it not? Because that felt like you know, the franchise was on the verge of, of delivering a payoff for years of, of suffering as a fan, for years of being told to be patient, for years of, of just one disappointment after the next. And, and that felt like, you know, you were going to get a payoff for all that. And then, you know, the rug got pulled out from underneath you. I think in many respects this city and this team and, and this fan base is still reeling from what happened then. Mm, I agree. And so I think what you have, I think I, I think you have that dynamic, which still lingers two years later. Um, I think what you had was people thought, all right, maybe with a new head coach we can turn the page from that. Uh, that it'll be a clean slate for the team and thus a clean slate for fans. And it felt we like... will say, okay, the, the Bengals have disappointed me time and again, but at least we have a new head coach. At least... The old face of failure is no longer here. And so I think there have been people who have been apathetic who maybe thought, all right, let's see what they do next. And what they did next, they brought back the same guy. And they can spin it however they want. I'm sure they will. They'll talk about how Marvin maybe has more control or a larger say or how the, the, the dynamic of building a football team is going to be different than it has been. And maybe it is. But for most people, all they're going to see are the same old faces that represent failure. That's Marvin Lewis, that's Andy Dalton, that's Mike Brown, um, that's the Brown family. And, and that ultimately might be unfair, but that's just where people are. It's a continuation of seasons and teams and scenes that have yielded nothing but disappointment. And the faces that represent the Bengals represent those things. And that's turned a lot of people off. I mean, I was going to play devil's advocate there by saying, what's wrong with keeping the status quo? Marvin's a good coach. He's bought this. He's bought that. He's, you know, seven. Pl- but you've just completely shot that down in flames. So I'm not going to even ask that question, I don't think. Two questions I wanted to ask you before we wrap it up, because uh, I know that you're a busy man and you're going to be on air in a matter of hours time. Um, what does this extension, does this extension say more about Mike Brown than Marvin Lewis? Because... I got the impression in the press conferences, certainly on Monday, straight after the Baltimore game, that Marvin was deflecting big time. Even though he wasn't saying a lot, he was deflecting a lot. He was kind of maybe starting to place blame on the front office rather than himself. Um, So if that is the case, what does this extension say about Mike Brown, do you think? I think it's. I think it says that he's scared. You know, I, I thought that that press conference on Monday was was remarkable for a couple of different reasons. Not the least of which was here you had a coach who's not really won anything. And, and again, I, I certainly understand what Marvin Lewis did for the Bengals back in, in the early to mid 2000s. I, I really do. And at no point over the last uh, 15 years have I advocated not bringing him back. I mean, this this to me. You know, for me, it was kind of, all right, the last resort is get a new coach. Uh, I've been as patient with Marvin Lewis as, as anybody. I thought it was remarkable, though, that a coach who's never really won anything seemed to have leverage over a franchise. That is staggering to me. And I think what, what the, the contract extension illustrates, it illustrates the fear that grips Mike Brown when it comes to potential change. We all know they value stability and comfort and continuity. They do not like change. 
and, and, and I get it to an extent, but good leaders don't allow their decision-making to be shaped by fear. And to me, this was a decision based on fear. I think deep down inside, Mike Brown has reservations about Marvin Lewis. I think deep down inside, Marvin Lewis, um, Mike Brown wonders if Marvin Lewis really is indeed the guy to get his franchise over the hop. I think the fact that he went into this season without a contract extension tells you as much. I think ultimately he was brought back because Mike Brown looked on one side and said, okay, here's Marvin Lewis. I know what I have. I'm comfortable with him. I like him. Over here is the unknown. It's risk. It's uncertainty. It's change. And those things terrify Mike Brown. Mike Brown allowed that fear to dictate how he made his decision. And to me, that's the worst kind of leader. Look, I, I don't gratuitously beat up on Mike Brown. A lot of people do, and it's easy to do. I think in many respects, he has been a very misunderstood, often unfairly criticized uh, owner. Um, I, I really, really believe that. But I think in this instance, you saw the manifestation of a guy who is too scared to embrace change. He's too scared to embrace the uncertainty and the risk that comes with change. And so he's settled. Settled out of fear, and that is a very, very undesirable trait for a sports owner or for a leader to have. Okay, Mo, listen, um, just finally to wrap this up, um, what would it take for everything to blow over, everything to be kind of this rage, this, this kind of confusion almost, this kind of what, really? What would it take in the next year or so for the situation to turn around within fans, do you think? I think they'd have to do something meaningful. Um, I, I think they, look, we, we all know winning cures all. Uh, Marvin Lewis was brought back in 2011. That wasn't necessarily popular. I think once fans saw what was happening with the team and, and, and how the, the personality of the team was changing and the players they were acquiring and the types of teams uh, they were building, I think once fans saw that, it became pretty obvious that the Bengals did the right thing. Um, but but I, I, I think it's, I think between now and then, when, if, if this team over the next two seasons has a, a stab at winning a playoff game or a chance to actually contend for a championship, it's going to be really hard for people to be engaged with them day in and day out, week in and week out. I think that's been the case over the last two seasons. You know, I, I sense it as, as someone who talks with Bengals fans every single day. Um, the minutia of the team, the mechanics of the games, uh, the, the roster maneuvers, the in-game strategies, things like that, haven't seemed to matter as much because all anybody cares about is, yeah, but do you finally win a playoff game? And so I think over the next season, even as they try to build towards uh, putting together a, a, a championship caliber team, the way they do it isn't going to matter that much to people. All that's going to matter is, okay, in your 16th and 17th opportunities, do you finally do what you haven't been able to do so far, and that's break through and win big in the postseason. If they do that, I think everybody will be happy to admit that they were wrong about being upset when the Bengals brought back Marvin Lewis. But between now and then, people are going to be sitting on their hands, and it's going to take a lot of convincing that this team is going in the right direction, and it can ultimately deliver something that Bengals fans haven't enjoyed for more than a, more than a quarter of a century. Well, on that positive note, Mo, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for joining us, Mo. It's been uh, it's always lovely to talk to you. I've been on your show before without blowing my own trumpet. Now you're on ours, so it's great to have you. And hopefully you, you can come on later in the year when we start back up for the new season again. 
anytime you need me, you know how to get a hold of me. And next time you come to Cincinnati, come visit us. Absolutely, 100%. Um, I think... Uh, there might be more Bengals fans coming because there's a few kind of budget airlines opening routes to Cincinnati in the spring. So who knows? I'll certainly be back at some point. Um, but Mo, thank you so much, uh, and we'll speak to you soon. You got it, man. Thanks, Paul. So that was Mo Egger uh, from ESPN Radio in Cincinnati. I mean, he didn't hold back, did he? Do you know what? That's a tough act to follow. I mean, if you're in the Marvin Out camp, you can't really argue with that. I mean, that's about as articulate as it comes in terms of summing that up. I mean, it makes me sit here and feel a bit like, oh, Jesus Christ. But I think in responding <laughs> to it, it's, it's a difficult one because, I, like I said, I just don't think it's as bad as we think. He's, a, as a, he's an above 500 coach in a very difficult small market situation with not a lot of cap to work with in terms of what we're letting him use, with difficulty making his own personnel decisions, working with a very archaic ownership that isn't going to take risks, isn't maybe going to do enough to win it all. And in his press conference today, I, the, I only saw the end of it, but one part I did see is he said, we were content enough to be this close. And you can't see how close my fingers are, but they're very close. He said, we're this, we were content to be this close. And he was like, we needed to go further than that and get better because every year teams in the NFL get better. And what he was alluding to, I think, was when we had that year where we were really close and Dortmund went down and we lost that Steelers game, we thought it was enough to maybe rely on bringing through those rookies and let a few people go because we were that close and we could continue to be that close. And I think for him, he might have sat there and said, oh, like, we have to get Marvin Jones back. We have to get Sanu back. We have to get Will back. And he could be sitting there crying his eyes out, punching walls. But ultimately, it's Mike Brown that lets them go. And, you know, we've come bloody close with a very difficult situation. And I just think you don't want to be one of those teams around the NFL that, you know, constantly hires and fires and doesn't get any better. And it's just one faceless coach to the next you see it in Cleveland Tampa Bay haven't done well at it Chicago haven't done well at it Oakland frankly for all the hype they've got haven't done well at it Del Rio's gone now Buffalo I mean they've gone through a million coaches and not it's not worked and they're celebrating you know donating 200 grand to Andy Dalton because we've bloody got him in at nine and seven I mean it, it's not it's not an easy job Jacksonville as well finally have hit gold after you know 10 15 years of shit it's not an easy game the NFL's not an easy win and I just think we're a small market team. We might just have to accept we're not a New York team or an LA team where maybe you demand more, maybe you're willing to spend more cap space. And I'm not saying we settle for mediocrity, but I think with Marvin Lewis there, we have a good chance. And I think going outside with Mike Brown making that call at head coach, he's going to make the next call. I think he's going to go for Paul Gunther if he was to make that call. Darren Simmons was being talked about. I mean, you know, I mean, nothing against Lance Darren Joseph, Nothing Jay against, Gruden. yeah, the same things he's comfortable with. And it's like, we would just be the same organisation with a very similar head coach with the same problems and the same I think that's personnel issues. It'd be the same free agency decisions. It'd be the same draft picks. It'd be the same assistant coaches. Not a lot would change. And I think Marvin's a great guy. He's a better guy to me than a lot of those other options I've just said. And he's not going to go and get a Mike Vrabel. He already said he wasn't going to go and get a Josh McDaniels. I don't think we'll go for a Matt Patricia. I just think we have to accept that Mike Brown is the owner of this team. If you don't like him and you don't like what he does, and, you know, don't support this team anymore. Like, go away. Like, just leave it. That, that's what it is. We're Bengals fans. We're there for a reason. You know what you got yourself into. I, I think, you know, like... We've never been like that good. Like we've never been in our history. You go before the Marvin times. You know we made the Super Bowl a couple of times. We lost some heartbreakers. We've had some bad draft picks and bad coaches. 
I'm not saying settle for settle for being shit, but I don't think we are shit, and that's the difference. Mm. I think we give ourselves a chance. We could be good next year. We've got some good players. Simon, uh, Mo mentioned that um, this reeks of fear from Mike Brown. Uh, a decision yeah. that was that was kind of led by fear. The yeah. fact, the fear of change, the fear yeah. of yeah. of getting something or someone yeah. in that was totally different. You know, they yeah. built up a very good understanding over the past fifteen years, uh, and he's never been one to push the boat out. So this this kind of reeks of fear. What what do you think? And to to what Nathan said, really, because that's quite a passionate yeah, kind incredible. of defence. Yeah, um, that was that's a fan being a fan to be honest, yeah. and that's someone staying the course. To, to quote Marvin. Um, Hashtag stay Hash- in the course. Hashtag, that, that's the t shirt next year. It's already done. Mm. Fantastic. She's um, selling those. Can, yeah. can I just, I think, you know, I mentioned about his age earlier, but just um, bring it to, to England, right? Bring it to the UK. And, and we went through Brexit recently. And people of that era, seriously, hear me out. Hear me out. If you, if you mention Trump now, we're yeah, going yeah, off the air. Don't worry. I'll keep it, we'll keep it UK. The FBI are outside. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Um, the point I'm making is. And we've got grandparents who are the same, who are adverse to a certain way of being. Yeah. And, and that way with the Bengals was, you, you know, it didn't matter how much money you had. It was a nice, simple game. You, you know, any, any way you wish you see about Mike Brown, he votes the safe way. He doesn't want, he doesn't want instant replay. He wants a really simple life. He wants the game to be, you know, a football game, not, you know, flag football, whatever it may be. And, and, and that kind of mindset is ingrained in who he is. It's from where he was born and what he was exposed to. What his dad went through in Cleveland haunts him every day, you'd imagine. Like, that's just who he is. I think as a fans, we, we kind of, we're excited by the prospects of something new. And when that, like, like we all are, when we're all let down, we all are angry or disappointed. Supporting a, uh, supporting a team, whether it be uh, the NFL, football, it's an emotional business. Yeah. Your initial reaction is emotional, is emotion-led. It's not a rational yeah. response, is it? And... Um, you know the the the, uh, the the typical fan response is that he doesn't show enough passion. When you're not yeah. quite sure what's going on with a the team, yeah. they always say he doesn't show enough passion. And there was a there was there was a guy in the press conference earlier that asked a question from Helen from Newport County or whatever, um, not Newport County, but Newport, Kentucky. Shout out to Helen from yes, Newport. Yes, big up to <laughs> Helen. Um, or even Betsy from Dayton. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of love Betsy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Betsy. Betsy. You know, that whole kind of thing. It was like Prime Minister's Question Time, kind of Jeremy Corbyn asking questions on behalf of his electorate yeah. you know, or his yeah, constituents. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- this whole idea that it's about passion. Uh, I mean, and Marvin quite rightly said, you, the reason why I'm pretty calm on the sidelines is because. That's the kind of way my players, I want my players to play yeah. with focus and compassion. And you could come back straight away and say, well, well they don't exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. do that. There were two uh, ejections this season uh, and that horrible capitulation against Pittsburgh. But do you know what I mean? It, uh, to me, the whole kind of passion argument is is by fans who don't frankly understand the game. Um or don't stand our team. So to Nathan's point, time, yeah, yeah. and it's like, yeah, you know, you you do know that what that is. And I think it's just disappointment. I think as a Bengals fan, um, you've kind of got to see through this Mike Brown era. And and I think Katie seems like she's switched on, like she's really she understands the fan. I imagine she drove a lot of the Bengals fifty stuff that you saw on the stadium, and that was great, right? And that it was, was amazing. amazing and, yeah. and that was a kind of a, a Fordish facing franchise. And and I think a bit like Brexit is, we've got to hope the next generation kind of inspire a change and, and a way of thinking that kind of. Um, 
in, you know, helps us be more enthused by the Bengals. At the moment, we're enthused because we're however many miles away we are, and it's that's our team, and we're excited by that. But this, that, and but we have other things in our lives. Whereas for yeah. these guys in Cincinnati, it's everything. Beng- it's everything yeah. for them, I guess. Yeah. And, and the Reds, I'm sure, put them through some either as well. So I think we've we, we we're probably more rational because as Brits, we're kind of used to how you know the stiff upper lip and and kind of yeah. tell you things in our stride a bit more. And I think Americans are passionate, emotional people, and that's what's kind of leading their way. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're emotional and passionate as well. But you're right. Hopefully I think in this reasons, distance, yeah. we we don't get it every day. Yeah. You know, we well, yes, we do if we're on Twitter or whatever. Sorry, Nathan's chuckling. Well, I, the phone I definitely put, don't. But get the phone it can every be day. put down, and nobody at work will ask you about it. Faxing <laughs> yeah. Betsy, Betsy on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, look, we're going to cut some more important points. Well, yeah, let, let me go. Yeah. Let me just yeah. say before we get to that, uh, I'm not deflecting Marvin like <laughs> on this one. Um, just to bring you up to date, so Bill Lazor remains as okay, offensive coordinator i know when you wanted to chime in on that but that's the only uh, thing that'll get me away well, that, from the betsy chair yeah yeah that's exactly why i brought it up um paul alexander the offensive line coach is gone i know that people are dancing in the streets because of that even though he's put in 24 years of good solid service. credit for that let's, yeah, yeah let's absolutely give a shout out to paul alexander absolutely like, you thank you to 24 years of service thank you, you to pa i mean yeah. you know whatever good luck to him and his family <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Paul Gunther, your favourite, your mate, uh, Paul Gunther. Don't mind Paul. Is interviewing for the Raiders job, the DC He's job. He's got a bit of a love going on with the Grudens because Jay wanted him as a, a defensive His best mate, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Really? But yeah, yeah, if he goes, yeah. I mean, I think the weirdly, two overriding memories from Paul Gunther. When we met him at <laughs> Don't say the <well>. Admiralty. <laughs> In uh, when the Bengals came over to London in 2016, we managed to bump into him right at the end of the night, and we were a bit slaughtered. And <laughs> fair enough to him, he was a, he was he was a, a really guy, good bloke. And yeah, now I don't base my uh, kind of coaching tr- 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 criteria easy for me to say um, on whether someone is a good bloke or not. But he was he was wicked. He was yeah, great, he was great, wasn't guy. he? Yeah, he was. And also my overriding memory was when Darkes Denard. Um, kind of picked off Joe Flacco last week, actually. And he was running down the sideline and Paul Gunther was running right alongside him, like yeah. kind of pointing to like all the, all the other players to try and block him, block for him and to get him into the end zone. He's a passionate guy. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. And, you know, if he stays great, if he doesn't, good luck to him. Yeah. And any other thing? Oh, yeah, Darren Simmons, who, uh, going back to London again, uh, I went for a piss uh, <laughs> next wow. to him. And uh, we spoke to... Who's the longest? Well, I don't want... I, I can't reveal that kind of thing. Darren Simmons took ages. On, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's um, still pissing now. Yeah, I know, yeah. But he's been retained. And we spoke to him, right? He was a really nice bro. Brilliant guy, yeah. Great, great guy. Um, yeah, and he's been retained. And also, it's been hinted at that he's going to be given a bit of more extra responsibility, mm. uh, which is interesting, because the special teams haven't had a fantastic year, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, a few but, injuries and stuff like that. And a lot of players. turnover of players yeah, yeah. coming in. So I think you can give him a pass on that. Yeah. Um, can I can I give a 60-second snippet on laser? And oh, no. Should me and you just leave the time, room? Yeah. All right, yeah. okay. Just time me 60 seconds. 60 seconds on Bill Laser starts. Have you got, you've got time. You've got time. Hold me. on. All right. Right. We are actually doing this. I will do 60 seconds on what I think about laser. Because I've, I've done all my notes for this tonight, and I'm not leaving. You want, <laughs> can I caveat by saying he inherited this? I think that's a fine. Fair. Fine. Fine. No. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to, to again. Okay, so we're Ready? starting in. 
Nathan, your 60 seconds on Bill Lazor starts now. So last year, with Ken Zampezi's offensive coordinator, we finished 15th in the league, okay? You have two games to start of the season where the whole team was shit. The offense was really bad. So was the defense. We lost two terrible games. You hand over to a man who was a quarterback's coach and has seen your quarterback in the year before last seriously regress from his best ever year. And in those first two games, he was an absolute shit. But you, you're still going to take him on. You still think that's the guy that's going to do it. He has 14 games. I know he inherited that. But from a talent perspective, he's not Mike Brown. I've got 30 seconds left. He's not Mike Brown. He comes in and at the end of this season with a 30-second dead last offense in the league. I don't think we got any better. I think we played some good games, but the defense helped us out. I don't think we were any better. He didn't deserve the job in the first place. He, he got fired in Miami. He was an, an assistant coach. He didn't get the best out of AJ Eight, Green. They forced balls to LaFell. And he heavily underused Tyler five, Boyd until the last two four, games. And the offensive three, line didn't get that much better. Two, Thank you very much. One. Well, that was so impressive. Well, Nathan, you Bill, scored I love you. two <laughs> points with no passes. And, um, yeah, I get all that. And I agree. The offense is... And also Marvin addressed it in the press conference. The offense has got to be better. We've got to go back to our vertical passing uh, style. We've got to run the ball better. And to be fair... The last couple so of games, Marvin Lewis has been saying we need to run the ball better for fifteen. But the years. past the games we did yeah, do that, yeah. The past f mm. two weeks, especially Mixon, your mate Mixon, and uh, and Geo has been incredible. The last couple Gio's of Geo has been incredible. You know they were terrific, even when when you know the kind of the line was you know you had like kind of uh, rookies and mm. one first or second year players. So yeah, I, my only caveat would I think the offense has been terrible this year. Yeah, Dalton, yeah. It went worse than Cleveland this year. Don't well, we're statistically worse than Cleveland. we have. Don't so again trap wind. Why is this it is always at the end of the oh, podcast? You, you, you'll have four beers in the podcast to uh, so get trap wind. Um, Dalton's been pretty poor this year. Yes, with mitigating yeah. circumstances, but he's been a tick or two off the timing. AJ hasn't had a great year, even no, he though hasn't. he's run. Yeah. You know, there's been. I think mentally, there's something going on with. AJ. I, I fear he is exasperated with the situation with Dalton's lack of accuracy. Things that have been called for him. You look at DeAndre Hopkins. You you could not say they're they're too dissimilar in terms of yeah, ability and, and quality. And, and I think, yeah, DeAndre's had his year and, and AJ's had his year. I think that's another thing that's, that's probably driving the fans' anger is the fact that Dalton's sticking around and Laser, his his kind of apologist, let's call him, is going to keep it keep it going. And Marvin Lewis said he was an exceptional quarterback yesterday. What I will say so about Laser yeah. is that if you're a scientist, right, and you're looking to do research on a particular subject, mm. you don't just do it over, you know, three four months. You've got to do it He's at the been end there for of a next couple of years, though. He knows yeah, what he's got his disposal. Coach, yeah, but, but he knows. What I'm he's willing got. to have this conversation at the end of next season, and, to, and ho I'm hoping. Again, he talked a good game in the press conference. I'm hoping then we can properly evaluate yeah. his contribution. And all the, all I hope is, I think Marvin also said in an interview that we wasted two thousand snaps in pre-season. Yeah with Ken Zampezi and I have to I go so hard I mean I don't rate Ken Zampezi but like I did say I love him no I, do, I, I never particularly rated him but last year we were the 15th yeah. ranked offense in the NFL yeah we have I think, I think I think you have to look at that and two games right and I'm not saying at the time I thought you should have gone I was you know as angry as everyone else but you know, like, you look back and we're 15th. Hugh Jackson only had us 13th. It wasn't like he took a huge step back and we were still okay. But, like, 
this year we were so bad it was untrue. It really was. It, I mean, they was, were yeah. awful. You know, it was absolutely They just could awful. not move the ball. And we're de- desperately on this podcast trying to be positive, trying to be like, oh, maybe the Lion played better this week. And like, we were fucking awful. We yeah, were. But, like, and but they, to be any fair, offense, if were, you get given the ball were, back like that yeah, from yeah. a decent absolutely. defense, I don't disagree with you. But you're going to have some good players. But I think the, the, the line did improve. I don't think it did. Last few I weeks, did. Well, sure, maybe yeah. slightly. Pass protection did, maybe and then they ran the ball slightly. against but, good, but, tough run run defense. Last year we had Witten Zeitler, yeah. right? Yes. And I know we gave Sacks away last year. We didn't True, but it makes it makes it easier. This year, I think was to your point. We'll know what we're like with Lays next year. Well, this year we saw Zampezi, what he actually was, and it, that was his carryover, and it was like it was zero points and seven points, and it just wasn't good enough. So, to me, we got to give him a chance. I would have done some digging and said, let's have a look around, see what is there. But yeah, I agree. we were impatient. In the same way that we'll, we will lose Gunther, but maybe get somebody decent like a, a Daryl Jack Austin. Del Rio. Jack Del Rio. Uh, there, there are some things that we should be excited about. The QB Nathan coach Palmer. could be a, a young guy who we who emerges to be the next year McVay. That's the kind of thing you're yeah. really positive about. And I, I think, from my perspective, retool that line, add some you know more explosion outside, and I think we've got a chance because you know Dalton's been shown that he can facilitate that sort of offense. But Dalton needs to be consistent. Right? He does. Yeah, and it's a big year a, for him. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got no worries about Dalton. I do. I have huge worries about him, okay. but he's you on. Well, no, I, I think I've there's got worries. I don't think he's fucking unbelievable, but he, I think he's. We know exactly what we've got with Dalton. He, he's a an inconsistent quarterback. Qu- no, no, no. I don't think he's even. In, I think he's. I the think 14th, he's massively inconsistent. Twelfth to fourteenth best quarterback in the league, and he always will be, depending on the talent you give. I think him. he's a bit yeah. lower than that. I okay. I think he's a mid mid pack sixteenth, seventeenth guy. Yeah, that's where I think the the Ravens game was a pivot's kind of uh, depiction of him, which was made some great plays and great throws, orchestrated the the offense well at times. That fourth down play, I mean, was was Dalton to a T. It was make some changes. Pick it down the seam, fantastic, right? But then it was fifty percent accuracy, missed low long balls, kept we did nothing in it's the got third such quarter. A bad supporting class. He's got AJ though. Green, he's got Joe Mixon, he's, yeah. he's got stuff, man. Yeah. I, I Tyler just, Croft has, has let, had a good let, year. Let's, get, year, let's, I let's think. get on to the questions because I'm going to yeah. start frying stuff at Simon. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I, I just going back to Dalton. Dalton to me epitomizes the whole Marvin Lewis era in a way. He's inconsistent. He's good up to a point. Uh, and yes, he's capable. He makes those throws occasionally, but then he misses a screen to Geo for like five yards. It's ridiculous. He got good pass protection against the Ravens and good pass protection against the, the Lions mm. as well. So I, I think, anyway, we could talk about this all well, night. Let's long. go turn the corner. He's offensive coordinator. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm in for it, mate. I'm <laughs> I'd love to it. see you in a headset. I think we oh, here we go. <laughs> Right, we've got some questions from our Who Day uh, Bengals UK Massive or well not never really massive. <laughs> no, 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 never ever. Uh Michael Smith, who has been a guest on this podcast before. Given AJ is elite, Dalton Boyd, LaFell <laughs> and Gio have a ton of experience and Ross and Mixon have a rookie year under their belts. Should we expect twenty eighteen or the 2018 offense to be one of the most productive in the league. We've sort of already talked about that, so let's uh, almost a yes or no answer. I would say they have the ability to do that. I mean, the only way is up in a lot of ways, yeah. but so yes. Abilities there, execution it comes down to, and developing that Agreed. talent in the off season. Stephen Guyford at Stevie underscore GYF on Twitter. Uh, with the news of Marvin staying on, why do we bother? I'd say because we're Bengals fans through and through, 
and sport is cyclical so we've had a really good run uh, actually uh, people seem to be forgetting that actually before these past two years we've had a really good run of playoff appearances yeah okay it hasn't quite worked out mm. in the playoffs but we've stayed relevant and we've been in the postseason and it's been great fun you yeah, know, we've yeah. all met on Twitter. Moega Mo made know. a really exciting point where he was like, yeah, "Fans just want change. They want excitement. They want a new coach. They want something to look after." But like, st- hashtag stay the course. Like, we still do it, Marvin. We can still do it. Yeah. Next year's a new year. Yeah. It's a new year for thirty-one other teams that didn't win the Super Bowl. And plus, when see what we can do. Plus, when we've had bad years, how much fun is it to just have a beer and have a, have a chat about yeah. your favourite sports team and what's going wrong? And we've had some bad years and come back strong as well. We can do it. Yeah. Sai, you want to add to that? Great points. Yeah, yes. yeah I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll come to you first on this. Tom McDowell, our, our old dear chum, Tom McDowell. Tom, how you doing? Um, Mike got burned when he went for big names in free agency with Bryant and T.O., but do you see him doing something similar to win fans over? I Again, think hope, talked about yeah, it a little no, bit. Yeah, no, I think maybe uh, the sexy stuff would be like... Uh, a center that is kind of up, you know, like an Alex Mack level. I think the Reichberg kid at the Giants, I think, was like that. That's the sort of level that we'd want to see where we've got an obvious weakness and fill it with a quality piece as opposed to a, somebody over the hill or, or, you know, whoever's available that doesn't, we don't really need really. I think it's that line, both lines that we could probably look at. Bryant screwed us over massively. And I think that we've I never got past that. That was horrendous. T.O. was T.O. was, that's what I'm going with. T.O., I think we got, it was like going shopping in the sale and getting a decent jumper. Like it was. <laughs> He was all right. Like, T.O. did his job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought he was all right. But they will go in free agency this year. I, think I promise so. you. I, I, but, I, I hope I'm right. But I'm going all in. We're going to make two good moves. I hope we... Two good moves. I don't hope we go for a splashy move. I hope we go for mood. If there is a new aggressive approach to free agency, I hope we actually address needs. Needs, yeah. Rather yeah. than just go, oh, he's he's a good player. Let's There'll go be get him. at least yeah. one sexy addition, though. And it won't be you, Paul. If it's Tyler Eifert, I'd be happy. If it's you know, if it's a centre, I'd be happy. That to me is a good draft. I think sorry, free agency in a draft. It's got to start being need filling. It's got to yeah. be like best player available. Um, no, so I didn't laugh at your uh, sexy comment. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm sexy. I know. Um, Age A and J talk NFL a rival podcast. What are they do in asking us questions? There we go. Um, I'm not going to give their Twitter handle because they're. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, it all was fair in love and podcast wars, I think. Um, over the past year, how have the Bengals improved? I cannot find anything they've done better than 2016. I would say to those guys, stick it up your ass because. Oh, we... <laughs> oh, 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 oh. bloody the, hell! Yeah. It's declared warrior. I've had four pints and I'm ready for it. <laughs> right? No, seriously. Thank you for listening this week, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> well, how have we? Uh, yes, we. Reg- I mean, to be fair, we have regressed in lots of different areas. We've got some good rookies. We've got some good rookie pass rush, right? We, I, I think that's the major. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Lawson's had a great game. Yeah. Lawson's had a great year. Atkins Willis, had sacks. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Atkins is another pro bowler. Yeah. Dunlap's not got the sacks, but True, yeah. he's batted so passes. Pass he's rush just, shit as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I would say yeah. pass rush. Now they'll probably come back and say. Uh, that's the only thing that you've got going on. Uh, William Jackson. Bloody hell, look at the Dark sets Dark of this game. Right? The defence has shown pieces, hasn't it? And I yeah. think Joe Mixon will, I think, I know Nathan's not a fan, but has shown flashes the last few... Well, I'm not a week. fan, but you've got to earn your stripes. I'm he was, that, yeah. he was, he was brilliant really, against 
He wasn't. But he was absolutely he great against he Baltimore. No, I don't think he was. He was, yeah, he was, he was, right. like, he was, he was yeah, good. He was good. Yeah, he was yeah, good. Okay. There's going to be a Joe Mixon podcast only, I think, where we just think so. get into it. Uh, well, we'll try and get Joe Mixon on. I think we should have uh, get him on. Paul I, Doherty. I've got nothing against Joe. Paul Doherty against does Joe. the hot seat with Beyond the Stripes. I, love, I think I Nathan Joe. should do a hot seat with Joe Mixon. Sexy Mate, seat. do it. <laughs> get me on with Joe Mixon. I've got no problems with him, but he needs to earn his stripes. And he will admit he hasn't earned them yet. Uh, Matt Moon, our, own, our old uh, dear chum, Matt Moon. Uh, any early thoughts on the draft order? Uh, as O-line perked up a bit in recent weeks and Boney probably leaving, etc. Uh, or even if Nathan is right, free agency targets with ML staying, take it, Dalton will still be the QB. I think Dalton will. Yeah, I think will, it's a bit yeah. too early. I mean, with everything going on, yeah, I think it's a bit too early to talk about draft picks, isn't it? I, I just think you can't in that first round go anywhere else in O line. I just don't number know. If twelve, you can. Well, number twelve, yeah, in, yeah, in number twelve. I, maybe linebacker, QB. I think those. Yeah, yeah. we ain't going Q, QB. Would be absolute disaster. Even if AJ McCarron leaves, you got to hope we win that tribunal with McCarron. I think I the one thing about that. the Dalton trade, QB trade. situation is, if they draft a QB this time, the, their contract will expire after. Dalton's expires. Does that make sense? So yeah. yeah, so we'll have them for longer if we took a first rounder. So we can think about it, but I think it'd be third round, fourth round. Mm. You know, somebody who's fallen a bit of value, but I, I just can't see. You got you got to look quickly. Just really ten seconds. How much we fucked up with that McCarran trade? Because yeah, if we got 100%. that done, we never needed him. We were never going to win and this I, year. And, I think, and now it's that tribunal. If he's an unrestricted free agent, well, that's us done. Yeah. Do you know we're, what I mean? So we go get a penny for him. And I think I think this is the interesting thing. We talk about aggression in free agency, but what about aggression yeah. in terms of getting players? Roster management. But, but we yeah. need to play the game in terms of trading people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've never done that. You look at Carson Palmer. We, we got did. lucky because Hugh was the coach of the yeah, Raiders yeah, exactly. at that time. We and got a hell of a deal. McCarran, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like we need to play the game better. We need to be more aggressive in shipping players out yeah. in in return for picks yeah and we also need to be more aggressive on draft day i mean last draft day we had about four thousand picks yeah and we didn't yeah, we use them we didn't horrible, package yeah. them up. One, one time we did it yeah with a, that's you know, horrible that was i would i would say that we need to kind of be more aggressive and forward thinking and progressive thinking yeah. in the draft in kind of pack i think we've got like 10 picks next year yeah. or this year rather so why don't we package a couple up and yeah. move up Especially the draft to get someone that we really like? Ones. Or yeah, absolutely. yeah, or there's a veteran there like, go, go and get give him the third round to him because absolutely. we've never had a good third round pick. There's this say. kind you of know, like you know. really decent free agent left tackle. Yeah. Let's move Bowling back inside to, to left guard yeah. because he's a good player. Let's get a decent Let's starting... Let's McCarron for Joe Thomas. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. out of the box and things will happen, but that, that's But we the, never the do. Mind. That box yeah. is where we stay and we need to start thinking... And that's what... You know, outside of it, I'm aggressive doing... roster management is, yes. is is what we need. And Duke Tobin's, and a lot of people, actually, a few people, I haven't put this on the question sheet, but a few people said, "Oh, what about a, a proper GM?" I, I think we have a proper GM in Duke I, Tobin, no, in all but in all but name C- and control. I'd say, you know, and control. So we need to be, and I think maybe that's been the crucial uh, negotiation point with Marvin in yeah. this: the fact that. He's he's kind of wrestled a bit more roster control. Although if you read Jim Ozarski, uh, he's saying that it's more of a staff issue than so. I mean, who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Exactly. Okay, uh, Richard Dyson. Hello, Rich. Um, why in uppercase exclamation? I'm going to respond to that with Lamel. Uh, what? L M A O. 
Oh, right, right, okay, right. Song. I thought it was like some weird. It's funny as fuck. We should get on with it. It would be all right. It'd be fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. We're going to be good next year. I'll tell you now. I we... think you talk about Betsy. Why? Okay. Why anyway, yeah. we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> no, 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 wait. Well, well, You're well, not well, getting well, well. out of this alive. <laughs> right, okay. We're going to cut the questions short. Thank you, Simon, for that. Now, look, Robert was, Wallace. No, listen, on listen, no, listen, what? listen, what? listen, what listen, listen. I've had a lot of tweets. What? A lot. How many is a lot? At least five or six. <laughs> <laughs> That's millions. No, listen, I've yeah, had a quite a few, and they're all Betsy-related. Right. Now, I was talking to Paul before the podcast. Yeah. This is probably going to get cut out. And I was saying, how is it going with Betsy? And uh, do you want to tell them, or do you want me to tell them? <laughs> Nathan, you are now my spokesperson okay. for my love life. So no, go, go you ahead. tell them. You tell them. I want to hear it from the horses, man. Yeah, I'm meeting her next week. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. And oh, tell us the other nugget. I'm meeting her next week. No, the other oh, nugget. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a man about town, Nathan. <laughs> and <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been clocking, you know, I'm, I'm at least. You've been clocking what? Clock in the way young people date these days, and they date multiple people, oh, right? Oh, listen, all I'll say is if you tune into next week's episode, Paul will reveal more. But there, yes. there's potentially another hawk in the nest. A hawk in the nest? Oh, I like that. Um, I'm just worried that this, you know, I'm going to meet these people, and we're not going to click or that whatever. Could be your and wife. Betsy could be your wife. Betsy could be my wife. Although, or she is could she, What does she look like? She, oh, we're not going down that route. We're keeping her completely. She's a twenty-two-year-old Russian blonde. That's right, Betsika. Her name is. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Right. Um, oh, this is like developed into a kind of a character. It's a cult following. I have to assure all our thirteen listeners now that Betsy is actually real and not just us making stuff. I up. wish you'd made up. It'd be funnier then. We could go with more angles of it. Wow, we still we don't <laughs> filthy sod. Um, right, Rob, final question. Robert Wallet. Uh, actually, you know, Robert. No offense, mate. All the best. Thank you for. What's he saying again? Well, he's just asking about Bill Laser, and we've talked about Bill Laser. We talked so. about Bill Rob. Robert, thanks for for getting in touch. And of course, you know, we should. We started off this as a bit of an experiment, right? Mm. We had no idea how this was going to go. Um, the feedback has been fantastic, and we yeah, can't we really, thank you we enough. Really do appreciate. We want to get more, and the one thing that. Okay, three things that we haven't mentioned. Oh, bloody hell. I know, it's a yeah, long one. Out of bed. Oh. Right, so Wow Sorry. Air uh, opening routes to Cincinnati next year. And if you're unfamiliar with Wow Air, they are an Icelandic airline who... Stop over uh, in Reykjavik. Stop over in Reykjavik, but there's a potential for uh, flights to Cincinnati via Reykjavik to be half the price of a Virgin. At least. Or, so keep your eye on that. Uh, if, if the price of getting to Cincinnati is a sticking point, then from spring, Wow Air are doing routes to Cincinnati. So I've heard Wow Air was shit. They're not. They're I've not. They're totally shit. not. Honestly, I've, I've had good experiences no with them. Have you flown well? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, not to America, but to Reykjavik, and they're fine. You know, they're good but as well. No gold. entertainment, are they, for a long haul flight? Well, you would imagine they would sort it out for a long, long haul. No, they haul. don't. Right. Okay. They go well, to LA. They don't. But you know what? If it's like two, two hundred and fifty, three hundred quid cheaper, true. Then no, I, if you're, if you're up for it, I take my own entertainment. I take my yeah, yeah. Be a razzle. We've gone off the wheel. And <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> you really got to be here to appreciate this. Jesus listeners. Christ! So, um, and Sorry also the other news is that Carson Palmer has retired. We know we've got to give Carson. We can't. We have to give Carson Palmer a shout out. 
All right. Well, that's Carson. What oh, no, we give him more than yeah, that. Um, Carson, the reason I became a Bengals fan is I sat there in my front room and I always... I don't know like always... <laughs> <laughs> Clothed or fully clothed? Or? Jesus Christ. Look, this geezer should be cut off. Me and Simon are going to finish this podcast off. <laughs> um, I sat there in my front room watching the Bengals against the Ravens turn on. Carson Palmer was the quarterback. Mm. He shares the same surname as me and as a 13-year-old lad. That's pretty cool as a Reds yeah. fan. And I always rated him as a quarterback. I, I always thought he had a big leadership issue. And I never, I, he never, he will probably be the first person to say this, never was close to his potential. And it was a sad thing to see. And he really suffered with those injuries. And not only that game against Pittsburgh, I think all of us, you know, I remember that night was one of the, that was as tough as it was that game when we lost against the Pittsburgh the other, you know, uh, two years ago. It was so tough to watch in the playoffs like that. And that was another year we could have won it all. Yeah. You know, if that didn't happen with Kimo Van Olhoffen at the start of that game, Kimo Van Olhoffen. You've done well there. Yeah, at well. the start of that game, it could have all been different. But and the same for him in Arizona. They had that year where they went to the playoffs, and he did his knee ligaments again, and he he never really recovered. But I wish him all the best in retirement. Good luck. Sorry, do you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah. You quit the team, in my opinion, and I can never really forgive that. Um, That's a good point. That's a good so, point. So, but I'm happy he had some success in Arizona, and I think he had a great coach with Bruce. I thought it was quite telling that in his his, um, his statement that he didn't really reference Mike Brown or the Bengals. No. It was, it was he mentioned the Bengals. he mentioned the Bengals, but it was just in, in a kind it of was all about his, Arizona. Really his well. teammates more. Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of felt like. There was a sort of a, a low blow, but the big roles are clearly a, a, a decent set of people. Yeah, so yeah, fair play. And uh, I hope he has a good time. He apparently made over 170 million. So he's not been done too bad. Exactly. He's, he's had a pretty Carson, if career. you're listening, well, you could split that with us, maybe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're looking to buy some new podcast equipment. So bung us a <laughs> and some beers, maybe. Of, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and the final thing we've got to say is that there are rumours that there's a there's going to be another Bengals game in London this year and. Initially, it was the Chargers. Apparently, Dave Lapper mentioned that it was going to be a Chargers home game against the Bengals. And then someone uh, chirped up on Twitter saying that, no, it's going to be the Panthers away, uh, as an away game, rather. But who cares who we play? I mean, it, it, if they come over again, that's going to be super exciting. Right? I, I thought there was something in the contract where in five-year period, they'd play two home games. So I was expecting it to right. be a Bengals home game. Right, okay. But I don't. I don't know. I mean, it'd be. I would. It'd be absolutely amazing if we could get another game over here. Honestly, I think we had. It was as British fans and Americans listening to this. It's 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 an odd experience. Do you remember when we all first met up in the pub, actually talking Bengals to fellow Bengals pan, fans face to face in the pub? It was like we were all With on two hundred, three hundred people in that gaff as well. Who? Well, you're not just that, but the first time we met in yeah. the pub. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like we we're all on speed because we just couldn't stop talking. I yeah, don't know what yeah, it's yeah. like to be on speed, mum and dad, by the way. Um, but you know, it's kind of like talking non-stop about things that you only talk to other people yeah. on Twitter about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when the Bengals came over, that stretch of like four or five nights in the Admiralty was just, well that was me but um it was incredible it was a great experience so you know if they're going to come back then and, and you didn't make it last time and if you can't get tickets to the game just come down to the yeah pub. you yeah. get you get tickets as well if you need tickets you give us a shout we, 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 there's ways to get tickets right <laughs> hang on there's a promise for you um yeah no, but yeah just come go. down to the pub because it was such a good night oh, it was, it was. Such, oh, such a great man, experience man. and you just meet so many Bengals fans uh, Bengals fans from the states 
And then, you know, we get sorry, we were talking to Anthony Munoz for like half an yeah, hour. Yeah. Inside, just, right? I'll never forget that night ever. It was just incredible. And, it was um, an amazing. I, I broke my hand the next day. I don't know if you know this. And, uh, you met yeah, too, sorry. I broke, I broke my hand the next oh, day. Oh, really? So I'm there. So <laughs> I'm not going to ask yeah, why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overextended, <laughs> overextended yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, this has gone too and, far. Um, the whole week, it was my birthday weekend, and whole, all weekend, I, was, I basically was drunk all weekend, and um, I was I was at the game with like, this, you know, tube grip around my wrist. I'd not been to the hospital yet. I go on the Monday morning, like, you've broken your wrist. They're like, why didn't you come to the hospital? I was like, well, the Bengals were playing at Wembley. Like, there was, I couldn't and that, I couldn't go, yeah. <laughs> and, and that, to me, is, is how exciting it was to have them, and, and then to, them to be back. Oh, my days, it'd be incredible. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, we've been going for about, about half, half an hour hours. more than we bargained for. So no if you're still us. here, then thank you very much for listening. And just, to, I mean, we're hoping to get more meetups. That's one thing Bengals UK is missing, I yeah. think. We have done a couple of meetups in the past. But, you know, 2018, let's make it the year of meeting up with fellow Bengals fans. We do this podcast in order to bring people together. But let's actually get out there and, and, and Bengals fans, let's meet up. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Hooday underscore UK or on Facebook uh, if you just search for Bengals UK. Uh, and I think that's about it. Nathan, you want to say goodbye? Yeah, thank you, everyone. Happy New Year. Keep sending us over the comments. We love it and we really do appreciate you listening. Whoever's listening at the end here, thank you so much. And Sai, thanks, sir. How was your first experience? Oh, incredible. It's more than I expected. It's, it's been This podcast has been a great, I, I think, Philip for UK fans. It's really brought that kind of British charm to, to what we are as fans. And I, and I think, thank you guys in particular for that because it's just, um, it's a great operation that you've got going on here and it's so much fun as well. So thanks for having me on. Good stuff. Well, you can come again, can't you? Bloody hell. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, thanks a lot for listening. And uh, the plan is to do a podcast a week up until the Super Bowl. I think next week, we, I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking with uh, about developments within the, the staff and whatever else. Who knows what's going to happen at PBS You've at got the moment. You've got to date with Pitsy next well, week. Well, um, yeah, whatever. And then... Um, we're going to discuss players of the year next year yeah, I think next exciting. week so yeah thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you next week cheers guys and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation